Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of the Start 11 podcast. My name is Emilio Pena, and it'll just be Evan joining me today. We're here to talk about the second half of the Champions League round of 16 games. Last week, we covered the first matchups, and today we're just going to touch on some of these other matchups that we got going on. First of which is Liverpool and Madrid, which, you know, right before we started recording, we were kind of talking about it because Liverpool just beat Everton in the Merseyside Derby. And they got their first Premier League win of the year. And Cody Gapko scored his first goal with Liverpool, which, you know, it's definitely got to help the confidence. A lot of people online were talking about how he shouldn't have signed with Liverpool. I think the former coach of Netherlands said that it was it was looking like it might have been the wrong move because Liverpool has been have been struggling immensely lately. But they started to look really good today. 2-0 win, picking up some momentum going into this matchup. On the other end of the side, though, Madrid, they just won the Club World Cup. So however much weight you want to put into that, it's still trophies. It's still momentum, winning games and everything. So they're starting to pick up some steam, too, because they were struggling for a bit. They're falling a little bit behind to Barcelona and La Liga. I try I try not to think biasly or anything when it comes to this, but based off the way that Liverpool looked today, I think I'm going to pick Liverpool to advance. There's There's been history between these teams too in the Champions League. The last two times yeah, they met. It was the me. final game. Yeah, and last year in the Champions, I remember Mo Salah, he posted, we got unfinished business and, uh, you know, it didn't work out his way. The The Real side, you know, they took the win and they're the reigning champions, so yeah, it's uh, it's you know, you know, looking at not only like just because you know Madrid and Liverpool are two big teams, uh, just looking about like the general form of the team because Madrid hasn't been at their best. You know, Benzema have been injured early this uh, this year. Uh, they haven't been the great. They haven't had you know the best results. You mentioned that they've been kind of. Um, distanced by you know uh, Barcelona uh, and Liverpool. You mentioned that first win of the year. It's it came late, as I said before the podcast, but. I'd say better late than never. <laughs> I right. think it's what we can say about Liverpool. And you mentioned that momentum. And the fact is that both team, you know, they have, they've been struggling uh, since January. And now, you know, you mentioned Madrid that won the club walk-up and Liverpool that won the first game in the Premier League. That means that both teams, you know, they have like the good momentum. So that's good, like for the matchup. And that complicates the, you know, the predictions because since we knew uh, who's going to be against who, uh, at first, it was like Madrid's going to win because Liverpool is playing bad. And then when Madrid started to play bad and Benzema injured, it was like, oh, Liverpool is going to win this one. And then, you know, boom, both teams are, you know, they have the momentum. And and so, honestly, I, I don't really know what to say. Uh, sorry, Emilio, I know you're a Liverpool fan, but I want to go for Madrid because uh, the fact that they won the club walk up and that Benzema is back, I think that's going to give them, you know, a better momentum. And I think that one of the reasons why Madrid wasn't playing at the best might mainly be Benzema being off because we know that he's like one of the most important team uh, piece of the team. But Liverpool, it's it's I think it's a deeper problem than just one player. Uh, they've been like widely playing mostly bad during the entire season. Uh, there is I don't know what what is exactly going on with with uh, Jurgen Klopp's coaching and and the player performances on the pitch, but it's like the entire team that is struggling to rise at the level they should be rising. So I think it's just not just one player. So that's why I'm going to say Madrid and not Liverpool. But I might be wrong because maybe Liverpool with the momentum, you know, big games. We know how big teams rise up in big games. So maybe Liverpool is going to win, but. For me, I think that Madrid is in a better position to win. You make some good points there too. And and another thing to add to Madrid is 
in the past when they've won the Champions League or at least gone far, they didn't win La Liga. You know, they're not gra- uh, grabbing all these hardware on their path. So um, just because they haven't been in the great form doesn't mean they can't just flip that switch because, you know, they've been there. So you see that throughout all sports where yeah. teams are kind of sauntering through the regular season until they need to hit that high level. You know, LeBron, for instance, we see sometimes his teams will struggle in the regular season and he just he hits that switch. But um, yeah, definitely. For Liverpool, the first game is in Anfield. So if they can capitalize on that and, yeah. and get a, a, a substantial enough lead where they can... At that's least... that's actually, I think, a problem for Liverpool. You because, so? uh, you know, yeah, and, you know, last week when we made uh, the prediction for this week's game, we mentioned on some teams like Bayern or Chelsea or Dortmund how big a difference it is to play the second game at home. And I think that we've seen last year, for example, against Paris how Madrid was strong on the second game. We've seen that, uh, we've seen it uh, against Manchester City, we've seen it against Chelsea, we've seen it against Paris. Those three games, uh, Madrid has been playing at home for the second game and they basically went back into the, the matchup because uh, they struggled in Paris in the first game, they struggled in Chelsea in the first game. They've been struggling a lot against Manchester City in the first game and every time they came back at home in Madrid in a crazy atmosphere, and I think that obviously, you know, Liverpool is one of the biggest atmosphere in Europe and, and Champions League game in Liverpool is amazing. But there is that special thing where whatever happened in the first game, if the second one is at home, anything can happen because of your public, because of the fans, because of the atmosphere. And I think that, you know, regarding the situation that Liverpool is not playing at his best, I think it would have been better for them to play the second game at home. They'll, they'll need to be, I think they'll be strong in Liverpool because uh, they're always strong when they play in Anfield. But then when we, when it will be the moment to go in Madrid for the second game, they will be to be strong as hell because we know how, how strong is Real Madrid when they play at home and how, you know, how crazy they can, like, you know, flip the game because they are at home, because some players are getting crazy when they're playing in Santiago Bernabeu. So I think that Liverpool, I think it's more problem for Liverpool to get the first game at home than having it like for the second one. That's that's completely valid. I completely forgot about the path that they had last year where they were just knocking teams out once they got home. That was remarkable to say the least. Because there's but... that thing where you, you say that, if we fail the first game at home, the second one is away, and that's going to be a problem. Whereas if you play the second game at home, all right, we can fail the first one away. Whatever happens, we have that second game at home to come back into the matchup. And that's that's why I think it would have been better for, for Liverpool to have the second game in Anfield. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I can't remember if in 2019, when Liverpool won the Champions League, if when they played Barcelona in the semifinals, I know the second leg... Sala and Firmino were hurt. I don't know if anyone else was missing, but I just remember the narrative was like, "What do we got to lose?" Probably and and, and the, se- the second game, the second game was uh, in Liverpool. Okay, so that that kind of just re- reaffirms your point. That's where that that's the game. That's the game when there is the the corner. Uh, yeah, I think Alexander Carvajal. Yeah, and I don't remember who's scoring the goal. I think it might. It used to be um, Jurgen Klopp's um, super sub, <laughs> always coming in the game to score late. Um, oh, I can't. I, I don't remember if it's like Devok Origi or is it yeah, like Origi, the other one that, that used. It, yeah, yeah, Origi. Yes, I forgot what yeah. his first name was, but he had he had that goal on that quick corner played by Alexander Arnold. And if you go back a, a bit late in time, there is that um, that semi-final or, or quarter-finals in the Europa League against Dortmund. 
And and the game in Dortmund, Liverpool used to struggle. It was one of the first year of Jurgen Klopp in Liverpool. And the first game at Dortmund, Liverpool uh, was struggling and they had a they had a difficult game and they came back in Anfield and the atmosphere was mental. I think it was one of the craziest atmosphere I've seen in Liverpool for a European Cup game. And and so they also struggled because Dortmund used to be a very good team at, uh, back in back in the time. Uh, but they ended up winning because of that that thing in Anfield. So I think that backs backs up, you know, what I've been saying about better to play the second game, especially if you're in a situation where your game is not at the top level these times. Right. The next one that I'm pretty excited for, that's uh, I think it takes its place on the same day. It's Napoli and Frankfurt. Napoli, they've they've been playing incredibly well as of late. They're yeah. I, I saw a post earlier that said that they're the number one team statistically in Europe right now. Um, I was trying to look at uh, how it, the breakdown worked, but uh, I didn't understand it necessarily. But it says they're number one, so you got to give credit where credit's due, as well as being on top of uh, the table at Serie A. They have a pretty decent lead, too. So they've been playing great. Victor Oshaman's been on fire. On the other side, they have uh, Hula Moani, right? Yep. Yeah, and he's been playing pretty well. I remember they yeah, got he's been him, on fire. They got him on a free transfer, I think. And yeah, I, I remember listening to a podcast and they were talking about how no one when they signed him, they were like, you know, who's this guy? Like, what's the what's the hype around him? But obviously, he he had a breakout during the World Cup and and he's been carrying that momentum through. In, in the yeah, he's been uh, he's been one of the great like revelation of the Bundesliga this year. Uh, like like many French players before, um, um, you know, um, Alassane Plea. And Marcus Thuram and, and Mönchengladbach, they, they they had kind of the same trajectory, you know, coming into the Bundesliga a bit unknown. Even though they had they had some great games in France before, uh, they were a bit more known to the public than than Colomani. But you know, they had that same trajectory, like coming into the Bundesliga. Who are these guys? Not restarting the games at first, and then becoming like a centerpiece of the team and having some great season. You know, since he signed in Mönchengladbach, Marcus Thuram, he had such a great such great season with Mönchengladbach and Kormani has been quite of the same and you mentioned that momentum in the World Cup and and he carried that momentum uh, despite you know the disappointment of missing the winning goal in the final but he carried that momentum uh, um, back into the Bundesliga this year uh, he scored against Bayern to tie the game uh, and he ended up in a draw so yeah he's, he was going to be like one of the main elements of Frankfurt um, against Napoli but what I think is that uh, the, the team that won the Europa League last season, uh, so Frankfurt, it's not the same team that has been playing this year. They've been playing like good, but not, not as, as, as good as, as, as um, you know, the previous season when they won the Europa League. And I think that they're going to be missing that against uh, a bigger team like Napoli. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Napoli. I think they've been playing. They won their group, too, with Liverpool in it. I think they're going to carry all the momentum, despite what we said about Kolobowani. I, I saw he did say in an interview recently where that missed goal were the were yeah. rather a, a block by Amy Martinez because it was, a, it was a good shot. It was just an even better save. So I don't want to discredit him at all. But he said that's going to stay with him forever. And sometimes yeah. you see these athletes where they take moments like that and it just dry, it just makes them that much greater. So um, he just he actually met, he actually class. mentioned he mentioned uh, just like other players of the French team that it was actually good to come back uh, into the championship club season 
right after the walker because he said that if it would have been in summer, you know, we would have he would have thought about that goal during the entire summer with no other thing to think because it's like vacations. And the fact to come back with the clubs and play straight away after the World Cup, it forces you to, you know, put your mental back into the championship because it's only mid-season. And he said that in in this like situation of missing the the winning uh, the winning goal and 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 losing the, the the World Cup final, it was good to be back with the club straight away after the World Cup because he had you know other things and more important things to think about because they have a he had like a season to play. So yeah, I think I think Frankfurt um I think Frankfurt they've been I don't really know what what happened with Frankfurt because this summer because they didn't have that much of the transfer. The team is pretty much the same than uh, the previous season. But as I said, there is something that changed between the team that won the Europa League uh, last season and the team that started the season in September. I don't really know what happened and if it's like a mental thing or a coaching thing that is not working anymore. But that team of Frankfurt is is they've been playing better uh, since you know they came back from the World Cup and all stuff. But it's definitely not a team that is as strong as the one we've seen last season. So yeah, you mentioned Napoli, and Napoli is so they're like so lonely in the title race in Italy that they, they don't have anything to worry except for the Champions League. And they have this, uh, you know, privilege to rest players in the championship because they are like 15 or 16 points away. So they can, you know, turn around the tables in the team, rest players, be ready for the Champions League. Frankfurt is fighting for the European places. So every weekend in Frankfurt is like a fight. And Napoli is not the case. So in every side of the thing, in every, uh, you know, senses, Napoli is, is way more ready to play that game in Frankfurt. And they have way more chances to win than, than Frankfurt. For sure. They they really are primed to win the Syria cha- uh, championship. So you never want to c- get caught looking ahead. But like you said, they have this, you know, big buffer between them and second place. So they, they've been able to afford to, you know, laser in on this matchup and do anything they can to advance to the next round. I wouldn't be mad if they ended up going all the way. I'd really love to see an Italian team win the Champions League. Um, obviously, I'd prefer Liverpool as my squad, but I'm always here for the underdogs, for parity, for things to be different. I always love seeing that. If you and, have... and when you see when you see like uh, big teams that have been struggling in Championship, like Bayern, Paris, Madrid, and 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 you mentioned Liverpool too. And Man City have been struggling recently a little bit more than than they used to be. They used to have uh, early in the season, and it, and it looks like like Napoli is the only team not struggling at all, being fully ready for the championship, for the Champions League. So yeah, um, you know, depends on how big teams like Bayern and Paris and all the stuff come back into the Champions League. Maybe they'll be uh, strong as hell. There is. There is a timeline this season where Napoli wins the Champions League. That's uh, I totally agree, agree with that. They can they have the the tools to win this Champions League this year. Yeah, it's I'm glad you brought up Man City and how they kind of been struggling because that's actually our, our next matchup is Man City and RB Leipzig. And I'm going to defer to you on this one at first because you you're obviously a, a big fan of Bayern Munich, so you follow the Bundesliga a lot more intensely. Yep. And I did see I think Leipzig lost to Union Berlin this last weekend. Yeah. And they're kind of fighting huge, for... huge, huge game, huge game because Union Berlin is in a is is second, right, right, yeah, second one point behind Bayern, so they are in the race for the championship. They are in the race for the Champions League too, and Leipzig is on the race for the European places. 
So he was, it was in Germany this weekend, it was what they call the top spiel. So it's like the biggest matchup in the weekend. Like the, like, well, generally it's, uh, the top spiel is Bayern because Bayern is like the biggest team. But this weekend, because Leipzig is like in the top six or seven and, and Union Berlin is second, it was the biggest game of the weekend. Uh, the, you know, the, um, the objective of winning that game was huge because it, it can have big consequences for the rest of the season. Uh, it was they 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 were you know direct opponents for uh, the title for the 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 Champions League race, um, so yeah big big loss for Leipzig uh, this weekend, uh, but we'll see you know in the Champions League Leipzig can always surprise they have good players I think well on the paper and 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 technically Manchester City should win you know and they have bad games in the Premier League recently so. They might want to, um, you know, find back that momentum. Uh, why not through the Champions League? That might be a good way to do it, especially, you know, also after what happened. Um, so we'll see. On the paper, City should win. But one thing Leipzig might be a surprise. One thing yeah. to keep a tab on is uh, in City's game this weekend against Aston Villa, Erling Holland came out at halftime and it's been reported that he's injured and he's doubtful for their matchup against uh, Arsenal, which takes place prior is take their matchup against Arsenal is on Wednesday. Well, they played the following week against uh, Leipzig, but something to keep an eye out because despite the fact that they have all these players, it's still Erling Holland. He's one of the best strikers in the world. So um, if he doesn't play, that could that could be a massive blow for for City. Uh, yeah. We don't yeah, know. and especially since since Haaland knows the German Championship very well, he played Leipzig many times during his years in Dortmund, so he knows. He really knows like how to break up into the defense, and if Man City is, is missing, Alan is going to be a problem because Leipzig is a, you know, they might play physical. They might they're going to give a challenge to Man City for sure. It's not going to be easy for City, and having Alan in front of your attack might be an advantage to. Uh, you know, give back that physical challenge, give back that adversity to Leipzig. So if they're missing Haaland, that might be a problem. There is all the way to score in City, but seeing how, how Haaland has been impressive this season, that's obviously going to be uh, an important missing piece if he's not there playing against Leipzig. If I had to bet on it, I think he'll probably play. I think that they'll probably err on the side of caution against Arsenal because it is really tight and it would be great for him to win because they'd tie him with 51 points in the Premier League. But they have other chances to do that too. And and yeah. Julian Alvarez is a great striker as well. So um, they can probably afford to not play him against Arsenal. And uh, we know why Manchester City recruited uh, Erling Haaland this summer. is not to... I mean, it's to win the championship, obviously, but... The main objective and and the thing that has been missing to City and Pep Guardiola is that Champions League. Right. The the main thing why they recruited Ireland is is first of all to win the Champions League finally. So if they have the choice to play Haaland in Arsenal for the Championship and risk to injure him for the Champions League, I mean it's a quick choice. They they prefer to you know put the priority on the Champions League. Whether than on the on on the on the Premier League, so I think I think Haaland will rest against Arsenal and to I mean they they put everything in place so Haaland can be possibly ready for the Champions League. Right, right, yeah, they they've won four of the last five Premier Leagues, so they're de- they're definitely looking for that Champions League. That's, yeah, that's definitely the preferred title. So I'm 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 going to go with Man City too. They're they're the second highest favorite, number one being Bayern to win the whole thing. I'm going to definitely have them go into the quarterfinals. Lastly, we got Inter Milan and Porto. I'm going to defer to you again because I, I don't know a whole lot about Porto. I know that they're uh, Portuguese, correct? Yep. And I know that yes, the, Inter is the other big teams in Portugal. Yeah. 
Inter has been in decent form as of late. I know they won the Milanese Derby the other week, so um, that's yeah. definitely a boost for them. And they are currently sitting in second place in the Champions or yeah. in the Serie A table, and it is a fifteen. It's a fifteen point differential, but two through six is really tight. So they're, yeah. they're clinging on for Champions League next year as well. So they they're definitely playing with urgency as of late. Yeah, it's uh it's actually a difficult matchup, you know, that that's kind of matchup where you have like two main clubs of Europe but that are not like the big ones. But uh you know, Porto is always fighting for the title in Portugal. This year a bit less because Benfica has been they really have an amazing season this year. But all, you know, it's a team that always fights for the championship and always reach uh, round of 16 and 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 maybe quarterfinals sometimes in Champions League, and Inter Milan is is kind of the same. Uh, you know they're having a good season so far. Not the best team in Italy because it's definitely Napoli. We mentioned it a few minutes ago, but yeah, it's uh it's quite a complicated matchup. Um, I want to say Milan because they have a bit more of experience with the players they have. Uh, they've been playing a bit uh you know better than Porto this season, but. Again, you know, it might be one of those, uh, you know, trap games where you can uh, be sure to win and then being trapped by the opponent team, especially if it's a good team like Porto. So I want to go with Inter Milan, but they'll have to be strong because uh, Porto is a great opponent. I just looked and the first game is in Milan. So do you think that that will give Milan a good, like if they can go into that for, or leave the first game with a two point goal differential, do you think that that'll be a massive advantage or do you think it could? Yeah. Well, Porto's not, they have like a great atmosphere because they obviously like football here in Portugal, but it's not like, it's not like the widest place to play a game in Champions League. There is a widest place, especially in England and maybe in Germany. So it's not like a huge challenge to come in Porto for like the second second game, and, uh, even though if you're like down. So, yeah, I think it's good for Milan to play the first game uh, in Italy because they need that confidence, you know, going on in that, in that, in that round of 16 against Porto. They need that confidence to then go out in Portugal and say, let's finish the job. Whereas if they go in Portugal first and they have kind of the bad game, you know, they might be, it's not like the big clubs I mentioned where there's like second game at home, we might flip the switch, whatever happens, the atmosphere is going to be mental uh, for Milan because they have, you know, they're a bit of a, of a smaller team than like the big European teams. And because Porto is like, uh, it's quite a tight matchup between those two teams. If you, if they have like a bad game in Porto, they might be, oh my God, what's going to happen in Milan? Uh, if Porto plays away, we might be struggling and they might beat us at home and, and, and eliminate us. So, I think it's good for them to play the first game in my land, you know, to get that confidence. And then, as I said, you know, go in Portugal and finish the job. For sure. For sure. I'm going to go with you, too, and I'm going to pick Inter. I know Morgan picked Milan, too. We'll have to get Grant's pick, and maybe we'll get something out on the Instagram page. And What are um, Morgan, um, all the picks? So I have Morgan's, and he picked Liverpool, Napoli, Leipzig, and Inter. I didn't get a, uh, a reasoning as to why. I don't want to. I don't want to presume or anything. Like it. I think he's picking Leipzig just out of pure hatred. I was, I was about to say. I was about to say. We'll make sure to get Grant's picks too, and we'll put something out on Instagram and get those out there. We can. We'll see who uh, who has the most accurate picks at the end. That'll be fun.
what we had last last uh, week. We had uh, we had Marseille who beat uh, Paris in the French Cup. That's right. Uh, med- yeah, mental atmosphere in Marseille. Uh, and and there's actually kind of a situation in Paris right now because they've lost against Marseille. So um, just for the recall, this is uh, this is the uh, PSG schedule this month. So last week they. They've played against uh, Marseille in the French Cup. Uh, this weekend, they've played. They've played against Monaco uh, in the Ligue One. They've lost three-one. Uh, the fans were like super angry because the, the team. They've been booing the players. Tomorrow, they play. In, they play against Bayern in Champions League uh, in Paris, and then this weekend they play uh, once again against Marseille, but this time in the Championship. So. It's a tough schedule for Paris. Um, they haven't been playing that great. They've been playing uh, playing badly actually uh, for uh, two or three weeks now. So we'll see. But the current situation in Paris is uh, as complicated uh, between the fans. We've heard that there's been some, you know, clash between the players and staff members inside too. So. Yeah, I don't really know what's the situation in Paris right now, but it's complicated. They're definitely not in the best, you know, the best atmosphere and, and, and they definitely don't have the momentum coming into Champions game Tuesday and also coming into uh, the title race for the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, that'll do it for us this week. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week and talk about maybe some of the Champions League that took place and um, some of the other leagues too. But we'll catch you guys next week.